You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 30, State Fair Zucchini. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that can't stop, won't stop. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And I'm Raven Perez. And uh, we're back again for another episode. Uh, Got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, uh, this month. We got a bunch of news items. We got trivia, of course. And later on, we're going to talk about Savage Dragon 195. That's a cram-packed show. Yeah. As well as uh, the 30th anniversary uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book, which was uh, by uh, Gary and Frank. Yeah, they contributed to one of the, uh, I believe, five or six whatevers. And that's Gary Carlson and Frank Fosco. Vignettes. Long-time Savage Dragon collaborators, for those that don't know. Cool. So, uh... Let's uh, get right into the news. Or, well, no, what have you guys been up to? I think, uh, I think it's good. Let's touch base a little bit. I mean, me and Raven, this week... Oh, yeah. We have been hyped as all hell. Uh Uh-huh. E3! Oh, yeah. Video Game Expo, for all the greatest nerds. It's Video Game News Christmas, if you don't know, Craig. Yeah, I don't know anything about video games. <laughs> it's just basically I'm interested, one, let me know what you guys have to say. This one show, this one time a year, all it's the companies... Me- it's, a, it's a big media blitz. It, all the big companies pull out all their big guns. And they just say, hey, guess what? We video got games. 30 new things coming out. Here's all the things, and you just get excited. Like every hour, something new, and so often multiple times an hour, something new and amazing is announced. It's Actually, awesome. I saw that there was like a the Powers TV show. Is that something to do with like PlayStation? I saw I an announcement know. for that. It was like uh, at first I thought oh. it was supposed to be like on Fox or something, and then you Fox. mean based on the comic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's coming out through like PlayStation TV or Xbox TV. I don't know. I, well, Sony has their uh, uh, PSTV thing, I I, so I wouldn't put it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like a yeah. It's well, well the, the the PSTV is like a a a, a Vita that it, without a screen, you hook it up to your TV. Kind of like a Roku that plays games. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. Well, they're doing a they're taking on the Power Show. That is weird. Oh, so they have like the their weird. own exclusive well, programming. Well, maybe the show's being made by Sony. Then it makes more sense. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. I don't know. Sony makes most things. Sony announced like uh, some movie stuff out of the E3, so they kind of used the E3 to like do little other entertainment stuff. Well, Sony's hemorrhaging money in a lot of their uh, various. Uh, uh, darn it! They also their, their TV division is in the dump. Oh yeah. But the only place only place they're making any money is in uh, video games and movies. Which everyone hated that new Spider-Man, didn't they? Spider-Man 2? Yeah. I thought it was generally liked. I mean, if Eric liked it, it must not have been terrible. Uh, the people I talked to were like, oh, I hated it. It sucked. Well, I don't have any interest in any of the uh, 
non-Marvel Studios movie, so I haven't seen any. Although I heard X-Men was really good. Yeah, everybody seems to like X-Men. Well, I, didn't, I haven't really liked any of the... I haven't seen any... Of the, I didn't see the new X-Men, and I didn't see the new Spider-Man, but I haven't... I wasn't a fan of the first Amazing Spider-Man. I hate no. it. I was, it kind of bored me. And then the X-Men, they were really... Except for, like, First Class, uh, they, those movies haven't really done anything for me. I, I, I have only seen X, X-Men, X2, and First Class, and those apparently were all the good ones. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, 3 is horrible. That's the one you left out. It is the most god-awful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I um, heard the uh, new one uh, fixed that problem. Yeah, so that's what I heard is that this new one was just back there with X1 and X2 in and terms of quality. So. I saw the original Wolverine Origins, whatever, and that was completely horrible. But I didn't oh, see the awful. second one, the Wolverine. Was that is it, how? What's the vibe? People like. I think that, that was uh, middling. It was okay, but it was kind of dull in parts. Man, you guys say Godzilla? How do you make that dull though? That story, isn't it like Wolverine in Japan fighting the hand? Or something? Wolverine in Japan. How do you fuck this up? <laughs> Easy if you're Hollywood. And I wanted to see Godzilla, but I didn't get a chance. To. Oh, Godzilla was freaking awesome. It was great. Oh my god, it was everything you could want in a Godzilla movie. It was really good. Except for maybe Godzilla. Okay, my girlfriend, hardcore, did not want to go to this movie. Like, it was one of those, like, sighing and eye-rolling, and, like, I really had to drag her there. When it was done, not only did she, like, turn and be like, that was great, but the audience was clapping. God damn it, now I want to see it. Oh, it's good. And the worst part is we can't spoil the ending because we'll nope. be dicks. Yeah. Won't say nothing. But this, hey, the weird... If you like Godzilla in any capacity, you'll love this movie. This is kind of late, but the last movie I saw was Cap- The Last Captain America, and I thought that was terrific. I thought it was the best superhero movie I've seen to date. A lot of people online, my friends online, were telling me that it was a really good movie, like better than like Avengers. And I went and saw it, and my opinion was... It was one of the better ones, but it wasn't as good as Iron Man or Avengers. Yeah, I think it's the best of all the, I don't know, everything I've seen so far. I just thought it was incredible. I never got to see it, but everybody has had basically Craig's reaction that I've been hearing. It is good. Personally, and this this is a really weird way to say it, it's a really good Metal Gear movie. Ooh. Yeah. If you like Metal Gear, you'll probably. I just like there were at least four different villains referenced and appeared. They might not appear in their like you know as their actual in their villain costume, but right, you know, at least four different like Captain American villains appeared, which were really that was really cool. It's just neat. Like the Avengers, I didn't like because it was like you know they're fighting this big alien army, which I wasn't even familiar with those aliens, and not even like a big uh, Marvel type uh, character. They were created as uh, like a scroll replacement yeah. in the Ultimates. Yeah. And because I believe Fox has all the scroll rights with Fantastic Four, they use them in Avengers. That's exactly correct. They're ripped straight from the pages of the Ultimates. Yeah, so I don't know. I just like Captain America. It was more grounded. It was more like a Jason Bourne type, you know, Bourne identity yeah. type thing with yeah, it's definitely superpowers. Was, but it's a super spy thriller. Yeah. In oh. almost every, and it really, Captain America at his best is that. So... Huh. I'm down with that. I'm real sad that I didn't get to see it in theaters. Yeah. So I just want to add, since we're talking about you know things that we've been into lately, uh, before we go on too long, I just got finished reading a book which I was super into. I read it in a week. Is uh, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story by Sean Howe. Have you guys seen that or read that? I have. Do tell. 
Oh man, it's so good. It's like 400 pages, but I could not put the thing down. It goes through like the whole complete history of Marvel, uh-huh. but it's uh, it's all done by like you know the guy interviewed everyone behind the scenes and and you know did research on different interviews through the Comics Journal and stuff like that, and it's just amazing. I just I just learned so many things I had no idea about. Like there's a whole chapter, a whole like third of the book is about like the 1970s at marvel and it's just an insane time it's like a lot of the professionals there were in their teens or in their 20s and they were just doing whatever the hell they wanted it, it was just like insane and the characters like uh you know you know jim starlin and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, steve Englehart and stuff like that talks about how they used to just like drop acid and walk around new york city and think <laughs> up like stories for dr strange and stuff like that and <laughs> you know, it's Steve Gerber, such a character with Howard the Duck, and like, you know, it was an age of writers being their own editors and stuff like that, and it, yeah. it was just insane. Like, you just read these stories, and you're like, my God! Like, it seemed like if you wanted to be in comics, and you were like, in your 20s, you just like, you know, apply to Marvel and became an intern, and then eventually they gave you your own magazine to write or something. I don't know. <laughs> Or your Jim Shooter. And you uh, just Jim Shooter. At, yeah, it was like 14, I think, when he started at Whoa. DC. But uh, imagine that. It's just it's just insane. And then, like, the whole stories in the 80s with Jim Shooter as editor and the, you know, everyone just, you know, freaking out about him. And I guess he was a real tough editor. And then John Byrne, he's such a dick in this book. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, just the things he does and stuff like that. He's such like a company man too. It's so weird. He's almost like the <laughs> villain in the book and it, it's just funny. But uh, yeah, they go through all Chris Claremont and, and the X-Men and stuff like that. And just how far does it go through? It goes through to present day almost. Does, does he buy out? Yes. Huh? Oh, so it talks about like Quesada coming on and all yep, that good stuff. Yep. And uh, Bill Jemis and like, it talks about that, that whole uh, Marvel thing that he did and, I don't, I don't know, know if you remember. Yeah, I bought that. I think it go. I, you know, I think it goes up to Disney. I'm almost sure. It's like <laughs> it just came out like last year, but I could not put it down. Uh, so anyway, I don't want to go on forever on that. But if you guys want something awesome to read, especially if you like comics, you know, it's it's one of those things you just can't put it down because you know all the names and you know all the people. You know what I mean? And it's like cool. to read about them. Did, did it say anything positive or negative about Bob Harris as an editor? Uh, I, I am a big fan. Remember, of, to be honest. Yeah, Bob Harris's era was my favorite era, and way he got fired at the end because they didn't tie into the X Men first X Men movie as well as investors had hoped. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of sucked because I, when uh, Quistada or however you pronounce his name came on, that was my downfall with Marvel. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the Quistada era. Was, that was well. <laughs> When it was like only in Marvel Knights, when Marvel Knights was his playground, it was good. But when he tried to turn all of Marvel into that, it just – I could not handle it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. So, yeah, it sounds like a good book. So it's not it's a it's a nonfiction novel link book, all text. Yeah, it's four, yeah, all text, 400 pages is just – like I said, you can't put it down. It's, it's yeah, pretty – it's a fun it's read. Kindle. It's interesting. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Good recommendation. Anyway. So uh, let's get into the Eric Larson news. Sure. Uh, first bit of news. Uh, Piers Eric Larson drew a variant cover for Superman issue 33 from DC Comics. Um, the variant was penciled and inked by Eric, and it features Superman and Batman, and it's part of uh, 
uh, I guess, a series of variants that are appearing throughout the whole DC Comics line, kind of promoting the 75th anniversary of the Batman character. So, now, this thing surprises me. Yeah, Because it's weird, I thought Eric didn't want to do anything with Marvel or DC ever again. No, nah, I don't think that's true. I mean, he'll throw him a cover here and there. He did like a Wildcats cover for Jim Lee not too long ago. I just don't think he's interested in spending his time like doing a series for them or anything like that. Hmm. I want to say he colored this too. It yeah, he did. Looks like he colored it. Okay, it's on his. If you guys want to see it, it's on the Facebook his Facebook page. I think he also put on Twitter. Maybe at some point, Raven and I will post it on dragonfan.net. But you know, the reason he probably drew this is because he got to draw Superman in the underpants. Yeah, part of the thing he the, said was, uh, you know, for all the variant covers that the the artists were given their choice of what they what version of the character they wanted to draw. And, and that, go ahead. And that is a hell of a Gil Kane Batman. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, if you look on Bleeding Cool, I don't know when this will post this, but at some point Bleeding Cool posted a story and they featured a bunch of the variant covers, and almost everybody that drew Superman drew him in the old costume. Which is kind oh, of yeah. telling. <laughs> New 52 co- Superman costumes. Poop. You gotta have those underwear. I'm sorry. It's... See, I don't think you need the underwear, but I think you need, like, some sort of red. I don't know, the belt sucks is all. It just, it, <laughs> it, it, you can do it better. I, I'm a bigger fan of the swim trunks myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not, the, not the Speedo. Like the old school? Like, Dar- like how Darwin Cookie does yeah, it. Where yeah. Basically, he's... Yeah, Did you call, like the... you call him Darwin Cookie? <laughs> uh, uh, cook? Darwin Cook? I, I always I don't pronounce know. it wrong. I, I want to say, <laughs> say it's Cook, but Cookie is good. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. He's like, but, uh, riggin' raggin' no good. Yeah, God damn it, correct <laughs> I, I'll me. definitely agree that the classic costume is definitely better than the current costume. I just think that there are variations you can do that don't involve the uh, swim trunk. I mean, involve the uh, underwear. Yeah. Of course, Eric Larson had went on a bit of a, went on a bit of a, I won't call it a rant, but that they aren't, it isn't really underpants. It's just different colored regular pants. <laughs> two-tone pants i like that uh argument that you've never seen him pull up put on the suit and then pull up underwear over it wait it's that like a, wait, so he said that it's just like two colors like piece. it's one piece it's a one get out of here yeah <laughs> makes the most sense it's what i've always assumed it's not like he's wearing tights and then wearing pants over tights. Ah, that's it's what i always pants. assumed oh how is the uh, like super like the christopher reeve superman is it pants over tights Jeez, I have no idea. I'd say it's underwear, like underwear, but they'd have to be sewn in place or they would look weird. So one piece makes sense. I just never pictured that. It doesn't make sense in my head. You know what? Here's the teller. You never see Superman with a wedgie. Yeah. So, so there you go. He's constantly like be. picking it out of his butt cheek. <laughs> Great, Caesar's ghost. <laughs> oh God, it's All a good right. cover though. Well, let's go on now. <laughs> uh, so uh, the other piece of news we have is that Eric is back at work on his mystery project. Um, anybody that's familiar, this is like way back in 2007. Uh, Eric put up a picture online. It was a double-page spread, and it had a Volkswagen bus in front of what looked like a haunted house. Uh, Eric, well, rundown house. Yeah, it was dilapidated. Spooky. It, you know what? I mean, if it wasn't haunted... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it just, yeah, it definitely looked creepy. So he explained that it was a new uh, creator-owned project. It's unrelated to Savage Dragon. And uh, it's not related to Scooby-Doo, although, you know, who could blame you for thinking it was Mystery Machine in front of another, you know, creepy old man's haunted house. But uh, he also, you know, what Scott is talking about it is that he put that same double page spread up on Facebook and uh, it was inked this time. And he said that he was working on a character he created nearly 30 years ago that has never seen the light of day. Finally, some closure. So it's super exciting stuff. Um, He also said that he's going to be doing the pages blown up. So they're twice up. Uh, It's larger than the sizes of the, even the recent pages of Savage Dragon. So it's, it's awesome stuff. If uh, you remember that most recent episode of Savage Dragon where he was doing the twice-up art, I mean, that always makes for killer visuals. So. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea what this could be, and I'm, you know, I've been waiting since 2007, so I don't know. Seven years. <laughs> That's what Seven, I, yeah. So that means, like, Ant is probably going to come out in about, what, five more years? Because didn't he announce that about three years ago? It sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be tough when you have Savage Dragon as a revolving commitment. But it's just like, to... just don't announce it until you're going to, like, put it out yeah, there. <laughs> things. I don't know. I, I think it's better to be teased than to not be teased at all. I don't know. Well, what do you really Do you really think it's better to, like, be teased seven years, though? I think that makes it more interesting. <laughs> Holy crap, it's been seven years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Think old. about it. Someone could go through their teens. <laughs> I'm no Someone longer got in into comics and out of comics in the time that you know. Yeah. So yeah, but it's neat. It's cool to hear that it's starting to resurface. I guess, like I said, he's ink. He inked it, so he's definitely working on it. Yeah. Surprised you didn't redraw it. I seven years it's ago. So much time. <laughs> Think about that. Picking up the reins from something you started seven years ago. Yeesh. Well, I penciled this seven years ago. Time to ink it. Time to lightbox it and redraw it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. A quick last piece of news. Um, this is a bit late. Uh, back in April, Eric was interviewed for episode 65 of the Our Cosmic podcast. Uh, you can check it out at Multiversity Comics dot com slash category slash podcasts that's i pretty, like the name I, of that podcast it was a pretty good mm-hmm. podcast they lost me they do like a, a kind of like a game show format at one point with eric and it goes on for a little bit but um other than that it was pretty good it's always fun to hear eric talk to a bunch of people sometimes they, they ask pretty good questions on, on this one too but like i said they got to a, a point where they did like a game show thing with him and a, Seemed like Eric wasn't really that into it, but he played <laughs> along with it. It just it got a little boring. But the question part was fantastic. They asked really good questions. A lot of times um, with uh, interviews, it's like they ask the same questions, you know. So this is a character that you made up when you were a kid, and you know, how did he get the name? You know, it's like <laughs> it, they weren't asking those kind of questions. So it's definitely an, worth listening to. It's a step in the right direction, at least. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, why don't we jump to this month's trivia, trivia and start with going over episode 29's question. So, uh, last episode's question for our Savage uh, Fincast trivia was, 
and it was a softball. We recognize this, but we'll go through it anyway. <laughs> the last major change in direction with Savage Dragon occurred back in issue number 76 with the Savage World story. Larson has stated that the Savage World direction was influenced by a DC comic book. The title character also made unofficial appearances throughout the story arc. What DC comic influenced the Savage World arc? <laughs> uh, and we got a bunch of responses. Um, Michel uh, Fife, uh, friend of the show and uh, awesome comic book pro. You know him from... Uh, What's his new title now at Marvel? Uh, Ultimates. The, the yeah, Ultimates. Yeah, he's doing the new Ultimates. And Copra, his uh, his creator owned, uh, and uh, he's the the, pen, the the artist and uh, writer of uh, Copra. He's uh, he's always chiming in, and we appreciate um, him uh, and his input. Um, he wrote in Softball City Commandy. <laughs> of course, he's right. Uh, Disqualified because Softball City was insulting to our feelings. Yes. <laughs> um, John Pinozzi, he wrote, The DC comic character that inspired the Savage World arc is Commandy. And that's also correct. Then we also had John Turner write in. He said, Hi guys, I believe the DC comic that inspired the Savage World storyline is Commandy, the last boy on Earth. And then he went on to say, Loved the show and thought it was about time I had to go... I had a go at the trivia question. Short of Twitter, I don't get to interact with many people about comics, let alone Savage Dragon. From my point of view, you guys are providing an essential public service. Keep up the great work. Well, we appreciate those words, John. Thank you for writing in. Yes, we appreciate it. Um, And then last up, we got... Uh, Josephat Gomez, he said, Hey guys, just listening to the podcast, and the answer to the trivia is Commandy. Now I have a question for you all, but don't get, but you don't get a prize for answering. Then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget it then. I'm not even gonna read. No, I'm just kidding. Do any of you guys have an issue that you are missing from your collection? Mine is 128, the crossover with Wanted, and 170 with Baby Mighty Man. That plot is gonna pay off in 15 years. That was him <laughs> saying it, not me. So you guys have any issues that you are missing? Only most of them. (laughs) Surprisingly, you are missing a lot, right? Yeah, I've only got complete run from 90 up, and everything below that is spotty at best. That's a good step to me. I love those early issues. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised you haven't gone back and kind of filled that in. I well, I got all the trades, so I've got the trades as far as they can go, and then there's like the chunk in there I still haven't got because. For some reason, I still haven't picked up Archives 3. I don't know what the hell I'm waiting for. So you've read everything then? Uh, no, actually. that's Archives 3 stuff I'm still a bit spotty on. Oh. I, I pick up most of it through osmosis. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Through letters, All columns, the... and closure. Yeah. Okay. I'm good at reading between lines. Cliff notes. <laughs> what about I... you? The Wikipedia helps. What about you, Raven? I am missing – see, it's funny because I'm scrambling through to find my uh, little like – I've got a pick list that I keep in my wallet in case I'm ever in the comic shop. I can dig through the uh, back bins and find them because I'm down to – I'm only missing two issues, and they're weird. They're like 152 and like 138 or something like that, and here's the kicker. This is what really sucks is that I owned those two issues, so I would have a complete run except – um, every time I move, I like just lose a little something here and there <laughs> and like those two issues are gone. I have no idea where they are. 
So, yeah. Left the material realm. I know. It hurts my... Somewhere in the negative zone. <laughs> sadly, so what about you, Craig? Uh, sadly, I have every issue, every variant, every printing. I'm a completist with Savage Dragon, so... Even the... Even the like mini series and stuff, like Destroy Your Duck and Yes. Yeah. Newsstand. Well, copies. I don't have the only thing I don't no, I don't have all the newsstand. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't have like all the like non highbrow universe stuff like other like what is it, backlash or like things where he appeared in other image comics or anything. Oh, okay. I, have, I have some of them, but I'm not in like it's got a Eric's got to be behind it. You know what I mean? It's got to be yeah. for the most part. Um, so no uh, Love Bunny and Mr. Hell. Meet I actually have that, you. but <laughs> yes, I have that. <laughs> and it's god awful, but I have. Yeah. <laughs> I even have like the bad rock issues, I think, where Savage Dragon appears and completely horrible. As soon as I get those last two, I'm heading into um, at the little miniseries territory. Because at first I was like, I don't care about all that, and then oh, you don't have all. You mean you you don't have all the miniseries? Uh, yeah, I'm missing stuff like Freak Force, um, you know, things like that. And, and I actually have a complete run of Freak Force. Do you have the variant for Freak Force, like number eight or nine or something? No. <laughs> How about do you, uh, Raven? Do you have all the Super Patriots? Uh, you know, I think I do actually. They're they're tucked away somewhere. I know I have the trade. Uh, There's four, right? Yeah. Do you have them? I don't have the first. I have Liberty and Justice in trade, and I have the two Kirkman ones in in singles. Get ready to get your uh, wig flipped. I think my Super Patriots are the original ones I first bought, like as a kid. Ah, so like my wig is flipped. (laughs) So the minor mail order, because like I didn't have a comic store, so I bought them through um, what was it that came in the mail, Mile High or something like that. Yeah, yeah so, I think so. so. Yeah, I got those mile high ones. So I was like, "Oh, it's so awesome!" One of the um, Kirkman Super Patriot series has a, a Dave Johnson variant, which is so rad. And I actually have an extra. I'm going to give away for the trivia, just not on this trivia though. I'm going to save it for another one, Sweet. but um, it's pretty damn awesome. But anyway, okay, so. Thanks. Speaking of prizes. Yeah. So uh, I put everyone's name in a hat, and I actually – I didn't really put it in a hat. I put it in my hands. I ripped up little pieces of paper, put it in my hands, shook it around, shuffled them, and I pulled up John Turner's name. And I know that sounds like crap because he's the one guy that gave us all this praise, but I really did pull his name out. So mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Yeah. Grease the wheels. Uh, so – John Turner gets the McFarlane variant to Savage Dragon 193, as long as Raven still wants to give that up. <laughs> and as a plot twist, dun, dun, dun. get ready to have your wig flipped, part two, the sequel. I'm throwing in volume one of Battling Boy, no extra nice. charge. Get out of here. Oh, I thought you were going to say Raven's Dojo for a big plug. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I don't like to. I battling like to Boy is awesome. Paul Pope. Yeah. Yes, Paul Pope's Battling Boy. So well, there you go. That. Little there surprise. There you go. Little surprise. So there you go, guys. Never, You never know what's going to happen when you play. So every time you answer a trivia question, just praise us a little bit. <laughs> and you'll probably be the winner. 
<laughs> we know that you are an owner of hats. <laughs> I've seen them on your head. So the fact that you tore up paper and put it in your hands. <laughs> it was today while I was at work. Right. right. I wasn't wearing a hat. Okay. Anyway. But yes, uh, I will send it out. So what new question can our listeners look forward to? This episode's question. With the exception of Rita Metermaid and Alex Wilde, name another female character that Dragon dated who eventually ended up in a relationship with a different superhero. Hmm. No Think Rita, about that. No Alex. Think about that. Uh, send cool. yeah, send your responses to savagefincast at gmail.com. And we'll sing your praises on the next episode of the FinCast. One winner will be chosen of all the correct entries, and we'll win there. What? And I was going to say, don't be afraid to like ask us questions, sure. yeah. like uh, like 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 uh, Josephette did. That's fine. yeah, it is. More of that. <laughs> One winner will be chosen of all the correct entries, and we'll get their choice of either the digest size version of Savage Dragon 190. The Larson variant cover to Jersey Gods number five, or the rare second printing cover of Savage Dragon 149, featuring the retro trade dress. Nice. So, your choice. pick, if you win. Spolt for choice. So, shall we get on to uh, the whole meat of this episode here? Oh, yeah. As long as we don't get on to the meat hole of this episode. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> 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 So yeah, let's talk about Savage Dragon 195. It's a good episode. <laughs> well, yeah. Issue, good issue. Yeah, this is a great cover. Oh yeah, it's got Maxine on it, so of course it's awesome. <laughs> it's the another, action is really awesome. It's like another. It really reminds me of another like kind of Fantastic Four Kirby cover with the the city well, skyline and stuff. It's definitely a lot of adventure. An intrigue. I love the look of Malcolm's ex- Malcolm and Maxine's expression on this cover. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and I like the new logo, damn it. You do? I do. <laughs> I'm digging it. On this cover, it works. I like it. It's great. Um, um, have we ever seen this spiky red dude before? No. I don't, I don't want to say. Yeah. He's all new, all I different. I believe he's all new. So this issue, the thing, main thing, number one thing, is that we've been screaming for this since the reboot. Really, not reboot, but since the bold new direction. It's dark time, baby. Dark time. Yes. It's dark. We don't... I'm legitimately surprised to see her. Like I said last time, I suspected we wouldn't see her after until after 200. So oh, I, I, love, I, was I love how you flip open the book and she's staring right at you. And at this point... We're kind of used to flashbacks, but you don't know if it's a flashback or if it's present day. Because basically she's looking at you saying, what do you want? And you're like, all right, well, which version of Dart is this? Right, exactly. Of course, it also kind of sort of looks like angels. So Yes, I was thrown off by who I was seeing. Really? Yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, I suspected it was a flashback, so my brain started going all over the yeah. place. So, hmm. uh, yeah, I was you know, like, they... who is this? What? what? <laughs> So I didn't realize that Allison was such a miserable person, like, all the time. I think she was always a bit of a bee with an itch. Yeah, I think when we seen her, like, so when you, we saw her when she was kind of more of a younger kid babysitting Angel in, like, the Image universe, like, 
earlier issues of Savage Dragon. They didn't clue her in in our character as much. She just kind of was like the background right. babysitter. And then as yeah. she transformed to Dart, you've seen like her backstory, and she was kind of always a bitch. Yeah. The court. That, yeah, that's that's true, yeah. I mean, that, that whole extended flashback with uh, Sergeant Marvel, I can't remember when that happened. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't in 115, was it? No, that's when he died. I think it was 149. 149 is when we got yeah. the extended yeah. background. And it shows that. You know, she trained under him. He was her Sergeant Marvel was her grandfather, and he had she figured out who he was, and then she basically had him train her, and she ended up killing him. Yeah, during the uh, big fight during 115, I believe. Yeah, the flashback shows that she ended up shooting him, which wasn't revealed at 115. It was revealed in the flashback at 149 and 149. Right. Well, this is kind of an interesting scene because this is another Malcolm flashback, of course, and uh, we're basically this flashback is introducing us to Angel, which I love. I love who's being babysat. I love by little Allison. Angel. <laughs> yeah, and all this stuff ties into the events of Savage Dragon One Hundred and One. It does because uh, this this dates itself to have taken place after Dragon comes and then leaves in one ninety. No, issue one hundred was it one hundred. Issue 100, yeah, he, but before Universal arrives in 100, he returns back to the original image dimension, talks to uh, Malcolm, tells him that his mother is not his real mother. Rapture is just a replacement, which Covenant of the Sword, run by uh, Damien Darklord, has been kind of uh, pulling in all sorts of superhero like pregnant woman and trying to raise a bunch of like superhero kids as part of his army so and what happens is like every time like they fight or whatever and someone gets killed they replace them with like someone from a different dimension like you've seen it happen with stevenson you see right. it happen with you know rapture it happened with uh smasher yep. um so so dragon tells malcolm about that and i remember that that issue like Dragon eventually tells, uh, 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 what's her name? I'm, I'm having a brain fart. His uh, partner <laughs> in the police force. Uh, Alex. Oh, Alex. Yeah. He tells Alex, look, uh, I told Malcolm that, you know, Rapture's not his real mother. And she was like, why the hell would you do that? You know, there was no reason to do that. You know, like, why would you tell a kid something like that? And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. his answer was like, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> this kind of follows into that, like, you saw in the last, you saw the last uh, issue one ninety four where he had the flashback and he actually caught Dark Lord and uh, Rapture talking about how she's not, you know, the original Rapture and right. what if he finds out or whatever like that. So after seeing after what is so now we see his dad told him and then he actually saw it from he saw heard him talking for himself and now it's really like sunk in. Hey, you know. Rapture's not really my mom, and so your mom's probably not your mom. Yeah, and <laughs> this will build up to the scene in either was it 101 or 102 where they actually escape on um, a flying saucer, flying meet up with Rex yeah. Dexter, who's kind of uh, trying. I don't know if he's. I want to say they get rescued by Angel Debbie Harris. Yeah, they get yeah. they get re- rescued by Angel Debbie Harris, and they go to Rex Dexter's, and then that's the whole time when Universal comes and is destroying the Earth, and 
a portal dimension x portal opens up and uh wildstar and friends grab the kids and bring them into uh dimension x before the world blows up which is the only reason malcolm's not dead so and if anyone new to savage dragons listening to this right now their head just exploded yeah <laughs> sorry i guess the, the super short well version. not as explodey as this panel on this page uh, <laughs> sexy beast no 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 why is allison reading a freak force comic oh i love it <laughs> uh, isn't that weird <laughs> i don't know i i find it I always find it weird when the comic you're reading references comics. <laughs> now, there are Savage Dragon comics in the comic, aren't there? Yes. There are. Because he read comics to get caught up on his life, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he did. So, it's not totally bananas. But also, yeah, Sexy Beast, what the hell is up with this guy? <laughs> and why does he want Angel Murphy specifically? I, I think he's it. just a villain. I mean... They're saying, you know, uh, Smasher is kind of out on a mission, so he's probably just a villain that's trying to steal her for ransom or something like that. That could be it. He he's is... got, like, this little Pokemon guy on his head. If you look at it, he's got a little f- yellow face, face and hands and feet kind of sticking out of the head. Oh, he does have feet. Oh, you're right. It's so... Oh, Eric has his big... feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not. It just looks like it to me. No, that makes No, no, I see sense. it, too. I didn't see it just then. I wonder if he's a rejected design for what's his name. Um, last issue. Oh, uh, Tantrum was that his name? Tantrum. Yeah. No, not t- well. Maybe Tantrum also. Now that I think about it, the last couple of villains we've seen all have kind of weird head dual, things, weird head things, and other creature things. Body morphism, like you know, bodies merged with bodies. Yeah. You know, That's it'd be awesome kind of a weird if that little head ripped off and just, like, came alive. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's dorky, but I mean, <laughs> who cares? We were just talking about robots and Donatello, so it's all good. No, wait, no, we weren't. Editing. I'm so sorry. That will be wrong when we edit it. My bad. <laughs> God, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry, Jim. It's okay. <laughs> now you have to remember to edit that out. I know it's a bitch it's to like, edit these things. I'm sorry. It, it, it's fine. <laughs> Believe me, I gotta listen to the whole thing anyway. Oh, I'll shut up about Donna. So, um, what I was surprised about is that Allison in the Image universe appears to be going down the same dark path as Allison in the Savage World universe. Yeah, well, I think we just didn't see it in the Image universe because the flashbacks from 149 are when she's like younger, you know? So, right. It happened in the Image universe too, but it just wasn't a story that was focused on. Well, it didn't go anywhere because Universal ate the world. Yes. Right. It's just surprising. I just, I, Kind of thought maybe something something in the Savage World kind of tipped her over the edge because Savage World, but um, I guess maybe she was always going down this path. Yeah, I think well, I maybe not. Maybe she was still just training, and she's a good guy, and she. Uh, had the I don't know. Sword. She's kind of an asshole. Isn't that the God Sword you'd imagine? Yes. yes. Right. That is the God so Sword. So she shouldn't have that, right? <laughs> well, she well, no. was. Pra- she was. If you read issue one forty nine. In the flashback, okay. she's training with the God Sword. Okay. And then okay. eventually, I think she uses the God Sword or something, and she murders her parents. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually she, like, shoots Captain Marvel and – or Sagitt Marvel, I'm sorry, and takes the God Sword. So. But anyway, this whole, uh, this whole flashback, of course, is leading us to Dart confronting Malcolm in the present. Yeah. I guess it, it kind of sets up that – Malcolm knows Dart. He's familiar. Even though it's not the same version, 
you know this this one in this flashbacks from the image universe and the one in in the main story where he's an adult is from the savage world universe but he knows her he's familiar with her um and i think that's what eric's trying to convey here yeah definitely i mean for anybody that you know again is new all you really have to know is that there's a connection between these two they know each other yep and that's an awesome double page spread yeah, and I don't recognize any of the villains in the spread, but they're cool looking. Yeah, I think they're all just new VC goons. I love the dude with the evil eye. Yeah, I like the guy with like the weird, like I don't know, wrinkly, messed Jen. up acid face. No, oh, yeah, the guy whose like, head is like really huge in the lower left corner. Yeah. Oh, I got the the Baron Strucker. Yeah, eyes. yeah. I love when Eric draws like faces where like the nose bridge just kind of goes straight into like the forehead type thing. <laughs> It's a pretty cool design. It's a great page, though. Yeah. As is this, I love the actiony. This second panel, I mean, this page here is like super actiony. Anytime like Dart's hair's flying off the page into the bleed. What's that? The, right. the following page is like a just like the the solo image of her next yeah. to the panels. Yeah. He this Dart, you know, he draws it on purpose. I'm sure different than the original Jill. Uh, Summer's dart with the hairs for Allison is a lot more straight. It's motion. It's it yeah. really conveys it like woof, like zipping around. Exactly. Surprised she doesn't chop it off with the god sword most of the time. <laughs> you know the thing I love, and you'll see through this 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 issue. Um, and I talked about it in previous issues is that Eric really conveys that Malcolm is a younger character than Dragon, much younger. He's you know a teen. Because if you look at this, he's doing a ton of like bouncing around and leaping in the air and flying through the air and stuff that you saw in the earlier issues of Savage Dragon, you know, leaping up onto buildings, like huge jumps. And then like he kind of did away with that as time went on with the original Dragon. And now he's like back at that, I think. Um, yeah. And I think it really kind of helps convey that Malcolm is a much younger person. You know, he's got that agility and and strength yeah i always i always loved the uh, super agile like dragon jump and then like you said it just played on out and i was like huh did he forget about that but it was just age <laughs> it's just age he's just getting old yeah and we get to see uh we get to see dart user darts again and you i love those grenade darts and really does some damage to malcolm during the fight yeah yeah like that was really really noticeable about how much of a how much damage they did to his uh his shoulder and his side of his face yeah this is the greatest with the jumping ability though this is because when he said he could jump for miles it was like an idle boost this just escape is the greatest thing (laughs) well here's a dumb question who here actually believed that eric would kill dart in such a manner no i didn't think he would you didn't think so did you i did let's get out of here I, th- I think Eric Larson has the balls to do it, to, to nonchalantly kill such an important character in a collapsing building. I was certain she lived. No way. I was unsure. Nah. I was certain. It, it, yeah. I, it never crossed my mind, but it would be Only ballsy. because you got to think, God sword in hand, any falling debris, she's going to ninja that shit out of there, you know? It's just... Yeah. I don't think that's how physics works. <laughs> This this whole thing though with the like super jump, just the blind desperate super jump to freedom. 
And then I love this. Yeah, a, he's got no end game. He just falls out of the sky. Yeah, no panel, like he just turns black, like he passes out. It's awesome. It's great. I was just like, what a great like exit strategy. Like, oh, I can't win this. Ooh. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great that we see Maxine come back in the book. It's a really funny scene when he's in the hospital bed and basically his nuts are hanging out and they don't show it, but embarrassing. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's it's a great um, there's a great back and forth between the two. It's kind of just like high school college BS between boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, it's it's great that she is still into him and that she's making the effort to see him. Yeah. It just means that hopefully she's not going anywhere for a while because right. he is an awesome character. I think we get a, a an image of John Day walking out of the burger joint. Heck yeah. Yep, yep. Was it, uh, also, uh, something about this scene, of course, uh, it brings in the whole thing about the kids dying last issue and how all the parents are terrified about Malcolm being in the same school. Yeah, so as they still. get confronted by one of the parents of the kids that got killed in, when they're eating, like, dinner or something at a restaurant. And uh, I don't know if they're – they're not at the Rock House Diner, right? That got destroyed. No, nah, it's just oh, – no, this gone. is just a burger joint. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He's walking out. This I do want to say. Don't so we don't gloss over my favorite part. Maxine is still wanting to hook up, even though you know she's got that weird angle of her parents are making her date. And then Malcolm's like, "Well, I should see other girls then." But Maxine still wants it. You know, I'm just saying it's good. Let's not let's not neglect that important detail. The other important detail is that she's out of high school and still wearing a sailor uniform. <laughs> Malcolm likes it, but yeah. But while they're having their uh, while they're having their lovers quarrel, uh, one of the parents jumps in there to like uh, you know where Lamar and the kids got crushed last episode. So of course there were no survivors. I'm taking it. So no one's there to tell the story that you know they pretty much forced themselves on Malcolm. So right. Malcolm's being branded a menace. I gotta wonder if maybe his, his, his the new high school run on this book is not very long for this world. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'd be very strange to hype it that Malcolm's going to high school and it's going to be a teenage high school book, and then he stops going to school. And it would be strange, like he's getting attacked. Left. Well, he's he's going after some things, but he like right now in this in this issue he's getting also attacked by like Dart in the vicious circle. So Dart how, is pissed. How is he gonna attend school and not put people in danger? Right. Yeah. Just I mean to imagine you know, just going to class, like people are at risk. Right, right. So in after this whole confrontation we uh we get the um our first look at Red Rage Who's, who's on the cover of the book uh, in that... He reminds me of somebody. Is it... Destro- uh, not Dest- Destroyer from Thor? Or, it could uh, be it. Or um, who is the Devastator, guy... Or whatever he's called. The guy from uh, Savage World on the the little jetpack oh, thing? Which, oh, oh no, no, not the Seeker. He, yeah. He's a little Seeker-esque, but he reminds me more of like a Thor villain. Yeah. yeah I, Destroyer. I, Destroyer comes to mind for me. I thought it's got that you, the metal bands. You guys mentioned the dude that like was was his name Seeker, the guy that like yeah. was he looked sort of like this, and he was plaguing 
Seven he was strikes. blue and he was like chasing him around for a few issues. And, and he never was... talked either, did he? He never spoke. No. no. So I kind of thought this was guy. Was like but he was that. he was more bug like. Like his armor was like I always thought it looked more bug like. Yeah. Course, I don't know. You know, you got to know too that like uh, this also looks incredibly crappy for Malcolm because here he is in this public place with people accusing him of being a menace, and you know he starts getting attacked by a super villain. You know, right, and right. the one little guy had the camera phone, so you know, obviously this looks super bad for him. It looks bad, yeah. bad PR. Super bad for him. And so they well, go, we, what? They go on a kind of a couple of pages of uh, fisticuffs, yeah. And Malcolm's really doing some damage to him. It looks like he's denting up his armor, and then he comes to find out, you know, he like rips an arm off here, and I don't know, a leg off here or something, and it's just pretty much an empty shell of like a robot it's not really there's nothing inside of it it's it's either just a robot or i don't know some kind of remotely controlled suit but it's basically i think a bomb i i don't it's either he hit it so hard that he blew it up or it was designed by the yeah vicious circle to blow up as a like a kamikaze type bomb or something yeah i kind of got that impression yeah although it had a name it was apparently called red rage (laughs) yeah so I want to think it was a guy that got blown up, or a robot guy, but still yet a guy yeah. that got blown up. Well, it's got a man. He's got to suck for Maxine. Just just watching him explode. Yeah. Right. I mean, she's not used to that yet. I'm sure. So is it like has every character Malcolm faced so far died like villain like yes. term, like on the cover? You know, since... every single one except for Thunderhead. Plus, think about like all the guys previously he killed, like. Uh... Who was that patriot type character? Uh, oh, uh, 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 War and Terror. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean he killed uh, Damian Dark Lord as a kid. He's killed a that, lot of people. That was more of a misunderstanding. Well, he still killed him. Oh no, he didn't actually kill him. He injured him and then he put him in a coma. Oh, all right. Universal ate the world. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. But and he killed so a couple other clean. villains too. But uh, he's uh, got a knack for. Uh, putting people out malcolm's a stone killer well you spend enough time in dimension x you stop asking questions <laughs> and so at the end of this this story we see uh you know dart is obviously alive she's alive i well the other theory i had was that she was going to be scarred but apparently she still has both eyes and both arms yeah well yep well they only show one arm right well good point <laughs> she ninja- i'm pretty sure she's intact yeah she looks intact she just sorted her way out of there and we see, uh, it looks like uh, the VC goon samurai just reporting to her. She's a long timer, right? Uh, She's been in the backgrounds for a while, right? Since at least probably, like, I don't know, issue 140 or something like that. She's relatively new in terms of Vicious Circle. Like, she's not one of the pre-75 Vicious Circle goons. Oh, okay. But uh, she's been around for a while now. It seems out of all the newer VC goons, Eric seems to use her a lot. Well, she's got a pretty good look. Yeah, yeah. With the gas mask and the hair. Yeah. So, basically, it seems like, you know, Dart's plan was to send that Red Rage character to explode. It's a good plan, Dart. Good good use of resources. (laughs) And I like that she's too smart to assume he's dead. Yeah. So. First rule, never assume Dragon is dead. Right. Yeah. Second rule. Never assume Dragon is dead. <laughs> I love on this last page how it's like 
if you look at the panels, it's just master storytelling. It's, you know, Maxine on the roof. And then each panel kind of pans down until you understand you're at street level now. Yeah. And then it's dark in the shadows. Like, that's masterful. Oh, are they just standing down in the alley below? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. For some reason, I thought we were, like, going to another, like, warehouse in the city. No, they're just no the I believe level. they're down. Yeah, yeah you're right. Down a street level. It's just panning down. You know, you get that top panel. It's it's Maxine on the roof. And then second and third one is just, like, the camera's kind of, if you will, is kind of heading down. You know what Maxine's thinking about in that top panel with no word balloons? What's that? State Fair Zucchini. <laughs> She's thinking, I'll uh, never get that blue ribbon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, response from Jim. He did not care for that Jim's joke. Jim's too classy. Ugh. He's too classy. He didn't want to ruin Zucchini for himself. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was a good episode. It. It, I loved it. It had everything that you need. It had Dart in a big way. When Dart came in, I was hoping it was going to be, you know, whiz-bang action. And it was. Yeah, yeah. I still – I don't think this top last issue, 194, was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was a lot better than 193, which we we didn't have good opinions of. Um, I thought it was a good comic, not the best, but I, I liked it. it. It has everything I like in Savage Dragon. You're talking about 193? This – no, this this, no, this one. Yeah. I thought this was a great issue. I yeah. thought this had – yeah. I mean I, I, I don't know if I liked it better than last issue, but I definitely like it in general, as yeah. one of the better issues. Yeah, I think last issue might have just been all the uh, extras really pushed it over the top. Yeah. Um, I think this one... I think I think just coming off of 93 helped push that one over the top. Yeah, it did, too. Did. <laughs> Lower that bar, then raise it on up. Yeah, this was, this was, compared to the last issue, I didn't love it as much, but it was still, you know, um, like I said, when Dart appeared, I wanted something big to happen. And you know Malcolm's not dead, but I mean he's probably pretty jacked up, and you can assume he's going to fall into vicious circle control. So right. it's it's good, it's interesting stuff. And I'm a big guy. Sorry, I didn't no, no, no. Off. I was just going to say, I think isn't this also going to be pushing towards the end of the graphic novel? Uh, should be six issues. This is only. Three. Oh, this is only three. My bad. My bad. I was going to say it'd be a good building towards a good cliffhangery type thing. There. My bad. Forget it. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the reoccurring kind of villains, and so it was good to see Dart. I, I'm not a fan of one-and-done kind of villains that just come and go, uh, maybe for, like, minor villains. So I really uh, enjoy seeing kind of Dart show up, and I hope that some more of these villains kind of, like, Malcolm finds a staple of kind of reoccurring baddies and gets his own kind of, like, arch nemesis, you know? I would like to see more recurring villains. Uh, I do like that you can see a villain get killed at any time. Um, yeah. But I would like to see more recurring villains. So this uh, this issue had another, uh, was it the second uh, Funnies uh, uh, backup? Yep. yep. By uh, Put together by, or edited by Adam Pruitt. Um. This one is okay. Night Watchmen, for me, it's tough. Like, Night Watchmen, th- that serial, like, it feels like something I have to follow daily. Like, these are like the Sunday strips to like a daily strip. And I know right. 
I know um, Chris Ecker posts it on his like Twitter daily or at least every other day or something like that or twice a week. But uh, it's hard for me to go month to month and just read five panels. I will say that I didn't really feel like a connection to the previous um, thing, or if there was one. I almost want to say it almost felt like these are like two separate stories. This is like it's just showing us a piece, a glimpse. Yeah. Of the of like you described, this is like a weekly strip, and we're seeing the Sunday strips. Right. So they don't they won't really connect to each other so much as just kind of set something up and. You just kind of fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah, I think that... Maybe. We'll I, see you next month. Like I said, I know he posts it on Twitter. I think they should put like a link to the Twitter like page or something so people can follow it like on a weekly basis as well. Yeah. I, mean, anyway. I, I get your point about these being like daily or weekly strips and we're getting them like a month and a half intervals. Yeah. Which kind of throws off like any sort of continuity. Right, right. But uh, I think they're cool just in general. I mean... I'm pretty sure the Misery Loves Sherman strip is a reprint. Well, I only feel like that with Night Watchmen because it's like a serial, like, connected stories. The other ones are just kind of like jokes. And it's like right. you don't need jokes. any kind of <laughs> – you don't need any kind of uh, connecting storyline, you know? And you're right. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, yeah, Night Watchmen is like the Prince Valiant of the, of the, of the comics. <laughs> the others are like peanuts. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's no continuity. And I really, you know, I hate to say this, I didn't really get the Daredevil one that much. Really? I thought it was hilarious. What? What? It, I don't get. It's the God Boomerang. You throw it, and it never comes back. It's a bit like uh, just the. It's a, just a joke on God weaponry in general. But what the God Sword? I don't know. It's a dart you. Th- it's a. It's a boomerang you throw, and it just keeps going. Don't you see? <laughs> I don't know. I figure. I guess I'm just adult. I figure like the God Sword meant. It just doesn't break and cuts through anything. So a god boomerang would just go through anything. I don't know. I'm adult. Whatever. Well, well, the god gun doesn't shoot people. The god gun grants wishes. It's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the god sword is almost like the weird one out of the bunch because it just does what it yeah, does. Yeah, it's a really good sword. Maybe it, it should grant wishes when you cut people in half. <laughs> that would be a fantastic power. Well, I'm sorry, Simon, then. I'm, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I did like it. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, just, again, God weaponry being something that's just so unexplained anyway. It's just kind of a good poke. Right, right, right. I like Misery Loves Sherman. I love that art style. Yeah. Love Chrissy stuff. It's good stuff. Night Watchman, I'm so sorry. I want to love you, and you are beautiful. I just, I'm confused by your continuity. That is all. And this pinup, holy guacamole! Yeah, who is it by? Uh, it was in the. Say? Oh, we don't have the letters page. <laughs> Guys, we don't have the letters page. Oh no! What do we do? We gotta fake it. How will we ever find out? We gotta read that tiny little square like, in the corner. But as I say, Zambala, <laughs> Za, Lamala. It's by Lamala. Two thousand in the year two thousand. <laughs> oh. oh, okay, Zambala two thousand. I don't know. Cool pinup. So it's though. probably an older, older pinup from somewhere. I know. You know, it's weird. He shows that little dinosaur-looking guy, and I suddenly realize that's where the fin comes from. I've never really been able to imagine Dragon's fin like being from an animal until now. Really? I don't know. It's a little weird to me. <laughs> All right. Um, um, one last comic. Angel Dragon in Toasty's Toasty Pie. Toasty Pie. Fantastic. 
This is great. It's great because it ties into real continuity. It does, actually. (laughs) Isn't that great? I wouldn't expect that at all. Because I thought it was going to be just another pie joke. And I was like, oh, another pie joke. And then I read it and I was like, oh, this absolutely fits into the let's all go join the Super Patriot team. (laughs) Scott James needs to draw a angel back up, like, continually forever. Yeah, yeah. I love Beer Belly. It's, It's like Popeye with beer. Good stuff. Good coloring. Yeah. I, you know. Oh, it's really good coloring. Scott James stuff just fits well with with the Savage Dragon characters. He's he's great. I wish you could see something from him every issue of Savage Dragon. Yep. Co-signed. Maybe he's gonna draw that Super Patriot team book. There you go. That doesn't exist. What are you talking about, Raven? <laughs> I'm just talking nonsense. I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be a beautiful world we live in if that happened? Oh, oh, did you guys see the logo? See the Angel Dragon logo? Oh, no, yeah. I totally glazed. That's the logo I wanted to see on the comic. <laughs> nice. When Angel took over the book and became the star. And not Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> it could still happen, Jim. So, um, just real quick, we're going to talk a little bit about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Specifically, we're going to talk about um, IDW, of course... Um, has the Turtles rights right now because Viacom bought the Turtles, blah, 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 end of independent comics as we know it. <laughs> um, they put out a, what was it, 30th anniversary? Yes. 30th yeah. Yeah. anniversary Jesus, special. 30th. Batman's 75 and Turtles are 30. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, um, <laughs> this uh, 30th anniversary book had a bunch of uh, short stories like, really short, like five pages each, of the various eras of comic book turtles. Like, it starts out with the original Mirage done by Kevin Eastman, then it does a, a bit about Archie from whoever did that, um, of which I only have one really strong memory about. There was this book called uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles Meet the Conservation Corps, <laughs> and it was, like, this, like, super environmentalist Captain Planet bullshit well, that's gonna stay with you yeah <laughs> it was actually really good did you learn to recycle and it, it always, and it, the worst part was it's one of those books it was a one shot it was like a, it was like they created this team they did this crossover thing did this whole environmentalism is good thing and then there was like this open ending that there never was a sequel to <laughs> damn it <laughs> and that frustrated me for my like most of my life <laughs> apparently but i never saw what apparently happened apparently you're still talking about it <laughs> i can hear the frustration is what's awesome <laughs> damn it Closure! Yeah. Um, they also did have a story about the um, um, the current Turtles from IDW, and there was a story um, by uh, Jim Lawson from the uh, Volume 4 of the series, which is my favorite Turtles era, is Volume 4, what, what, uh, with uh, Peter Laird and Jim Lawson. Was... What was what that? Was volume 4, what comic company did that come out? Oh, Mirage. Mirage did that. See, Volume... There's four volumes of Turtles. Volume 1 and Volume 2 were done by Mirage. Volume 3 was done by Image. And Volume 4 was done by Mirage again. Yeah, but didn't also Dreamwave do like a Ninja Turtle comic for a while? Yeah, that was based on the animated series from like 2003. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how many different comic companies. Oh, there's so many variations. But see, that's what's great about this. And and there's like two more variations. There's another animated Turtles comic going on right now and. uh... I want to say there was another one before that, but at any rate, that's kind of what's really cool about the turtles is that it, it, there's a lot of different interpretations of the yeah. turtles. Yeah, they established I think what makes real early on 
that they were going to just go all over with that. Right. Take the core concept, do whatever you want tone tone wise. Which so is cool. so the reason why we're reviewing this is because Gary Carlson and Frank Fosco um, did did the image the series, image series and they have also Gary Carlson, as you know, is a co-creator of Vanguard, who plays plays an important role in Savage Dragon, and he also uh, Gary has also written a lot of uh, stories for Eric for Savage Dragon, like uh, uh, the you know the Freak Diner, the Rock House Diner, and Vanguard, and uh, and Gar- Gary Carlson has drawn a lot of those comics. Um, you mean Frank Fosco? I mean Frank. Yes, sorry, Frank Fosco has drawn a lot of those. So, and I believe Eric handpicked Gary and Frank to draw this Ninja Turtles comic because at the time, wasn't Mirage kind of done with Turtles and they, they just... Uh, I don't know the circumstance. I think, I think they were trying to, like, get it more out there. Yeah, I think the sales were kind of poor. Yeah, and Image was, like, the new kid on the block yeah, and I mean, million, dollar, million, million copy sellers. Yeah, I might be talking out of my butt, but I think what happened was, you know, Eastman or what it, what I, one of the creators gave it to Eric and said, you know, see what you can do with this and gave him, like, free run with it for a couple years. And Well, I know I know in the early Savage Dragon appearances, Mirage was doing their own Turtles crossover comics. Yeah. So at some point in there, they decided to move it over to Image yeah. under a new creative team. yeah. yeah. But at any rate, this story is really quick. It's like uh, five or six pages, I think. Maybe seven? No, it's... I don't know. Regardless, it's... But it's really short, and it just kind of like touches on a few of the things. You may notice right away that the, the turtles in this uh, universe, this timeline, or whatever you're going to call it, Donatello's a little messed up. He's a cyborg. Raphael's missing an eye. I'm not sure if anything horrific happened to Leo or Mikey. Yeah, didn't Leo lose a hand? Uh, oh, you're right. He's got one hand. Yep, they all got maimed. That was that was one of the big criticisms about this run is that basically all the turtles get maimed. Which I thought Which, was uh, cool. Even though I never read it, here's what I did know, and I always liked it. Um, which is it's one of those things I do actually want to pursue Image Ninja Turtles for this reason. Uh, it seemed like a series where things happened. You yeah. Know, Spli- I know Splinter became a bat. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Donatello dro- got dropped from like a helicopter in the second issue, or first issue, I think, and cracked his shell and broke his bag, and then they used like, you know, uh, nanotechnology or something to make him a cyborg. So that's cool, why he's a cyborg. And I think Gary it said that the you know it was always you know like comics, nothing's ever stays. You know, everything kind of goes back anyway. And their their plan was for Donatello eventually kind of be cured and and get rid of the technology but they never had a chance to visit that yeah they never got around to it um this particular story has uh mikey has broken his leg off camera i believe it i think that's just for this story and he's out of shape and they decide to go for a run in the sewers and they run into uh, what i can only assume is an old adversary who uh i i the trouble is i don't think any of us have read the entire run of Turtles. No, I, well i didn't i read the entire image run but it's right. been like you know, I don't know how many years, at least 12 years since I last read through it. So I, so they run into, they, they run into another, uh, like cyborg type character who apparently they've had history with Leo comments that he chopped him to bits at some point. And now he's made his return. My assumption is this is one of the few original characters to come out of the image run that they've brought back. Just there was to, like, you know, 
a female like shredder character too or something at one point like some ninja girl well there's actually a lot of yeah. well there's one female shredder that's actually pretty standard because remember in comics turtles shredder dies at the end of the first issue yeah. and he never comes back except as a shark it's complicated <laughs> why i can't remember why krang is like helping them out oh that's not krang the uh utans they're an alien uh, race they were they were never there was they were there was never a krang in the comics turtles gotcha. they're they're a helpful alien race they're they're pretty they're brain like they're they use technology to assist themselves because they're physically weak they're actually responsible for the turtles mutations because it's it was their radioactive ooze that got into their sewer huh Tell you, yeah, they're cool. I like you. I like them. Tell you one thing though, it was cool to see about this. You know, like I said, I read the original series and it was all in black and white, and so this is the first time I've seen Frank's art and color for Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So. Well, Frank mentioned that originally it was supposed to be in color, but they didn't have the orders to make it work, uh. and that this is sort of was an which is hilarious because their orders probably now would kill most anything. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this was their opportunity to put color on it like they wanted to in the in the first place. Personally, I like it better in black and white. I honestly think Gary's black and white looks amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I really do like this, though, um, even though not knowing the guy. I mean, just seeing, like, you know, the way he, like, took over the raccoon and, like, it's just such an awesome, like, visual. Like, he's a, it makes me wish I had read the original image. Yeah, right? well, and like you were talking about Raven before, with each character being different, like, like you know uh, – Splinter turning into a bat. Uh, at one point, uh, Raphael leads the Foot Clan with like Casey Jones' help, like mask on. That's awesome. Loses an eye. Uh, I guess I can't remember Leo. I remember faint, like faintly, like Leo losing a hand at some point. But well, you can see it here. He's got this metal thing yeah. over his hands. And yeah. I think like does it say in the beginning of this book, uh, on the beginning of this chapter, like. I think it was like Eric's like goal was to make each turtle kind of unique. unique. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that was Eric or Gary or whatever. It was like Eric just talking to Gary and saying, hey, this is, you know, if Gary came up with everything and Eric just gave him the kind of the the whole just try to make them unique, you know. And Well, I think that's – if you took a second to read like the previous Archie uh, story in this book yeah. – You'll see that Raphael is like all black. Yeah, I remember that too from back in the day. Yeah, that was a thing that happened during the Archie run. I don't know what the context of it was, but that was to make like him more different. And you can sort of tell by the context of the story that Raphael isn't really with the Turtles as a team anymore. Yeah. He's off doing his own thing. And um, in the four in in Volume Four, there's actually see the problem with Volume Four is it sort of just kind of ends and it's kind of it never really completes itself because the Viacom sale happens and then. Laird kind of gets tired of the Turtles and decides he doesn't want to continue writing it, although he has put out further issues over the last few years. But um, during that series, Raphael gets turned into a vampire, which makes him, like, hulk out into, like, a giant, like, prehistoric turtle-looking thing. <laughs> and Donatello gets shrunken down to two inches tall, and so he's actually, he operates a robot turtle body. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and Mikey goes out into outer space to uh, not so much explore, but to visit, and he just sort of becomes... Basically, spoiler alert, Splinter dies of old age in Volume 4. He passes away, and the turtles kind of split up and go their own ways, and different things happen to him. See, that that's what's so awesome about comics. Like, 
you know, just they're just absurd things when you really think about it. But that's what I love best about comics, how absurd they can be and how different. Like the people bitching and moaning about the image, con- you know, oh, Donatello's a robot and, you know, Raphael's got one eye and, you know, Leo's got his hand cut off or whatever. I mean, it's just yeah. fun. It's like, why are you bitching? Do you just want nothing <laughs> to happen to these guys? You know, we know it's <laughs> comics and eventually, yes, they'll go back, you know, to that way. But just have fun with it. Like. You know what I mean? It's just it's just yeah. silly. It's like, you know, it's awesome having, you know, all right, shrink them down to two inches and have them control a robot. Like, that's cool. Like, you yeah. can't do that everywhere. You know what I mean? It's just it's just silly nonsense. It's comics. If that happened well, in another medium, people would be, like, up in arms. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, well, I-, I wanted to just say real quick that, like, I like that Frank and Gary have basically not ignored what happened they, they basically are telling a story with the characters they created in the time frame that they created it they they and they acknowledge all of what's what went on right um the following story is the volume four story jim lawson does it i love jim lawson's art as a turtles artist i think he i think i think he's got this boxy style that i just love it's completely different than frank's but i just dig yep. it but the point is like I said, all these things happened to the Turtles during Volume 4, but none of it's referenced in this story. It's just a standalone story where they get reunited with um, a character named Shadow, who's actually Casey Jones' daughter. Right. Okay. Who is a ninja, ninja in her own right. She's she's a pretty cool character in general. She's a character that, a lot like Malcolm, she's introduced as a, as a very fairly young child in the early issues who grows up throughout the, the run of the series. So she's an interesting character. But uh, this story in particular doesn't make reference to any of the real stuff that went on during the series, and that kind of annoyed me and made it feel like a really incidental story, whereas the Frank Fosco-Gary Carlson one feels like a continuation or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, definitely, uh, it's awesome just seeing the turtles in their, like, cyborg Donatello, one-hand eye patch. I mean, it lets you know that this is straight out of that continuity, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah, and generally it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. It, it was a good look. It, it's good. It's nice to get a look at all these different eras. Right. Side by side, just to see how different they are from each other. And they are very different from each other. This right. is a cool collection. I think this is uh, sweet. I mean, definitely. And great work, uh, Gary and Frank, as always. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, that's it. Yep, that's an issue. That happened. Well, that is a good issue. Fantastic. Good, good stuff. And one could almost say that all that's left to discuss is Savage Dragon 196. Strange things are going on in Chicago's notorious danger zone. The poor and downtrodden are being mysteriously transformed into hideous freaks and Malcolm Dragons being thrown into a situation beyond what he's used to as he faces a horde of desperate killers with power to spare. Malcolm struggle to measure up to his famous father intensifies as he plunges into a new, dangerous adventure. The bold new direction continues. A couple things spring to mind. If um, strange things are happening in the danger zone, shouldn't these sort of things not be happening? <laughs> what? <laughs> these sort of things should have happened in the danger zone all the time. So it's not strange, is it? So the thing- it's strange to people that don't live in the danger zone. <laughs> See, second thing. <laughs> um, second thing is, do you think Malcolm's dead? 
What? He blew up. <laughs> maybe wow. maybe Eric solicited and then he changed I think his you mind. are the most gullible comic book reader in history after this episode. Between Dart and, and now this, this comment on, Mar- on Malcolm. He's got to be alive because he's being thrown <laughs> into a situation beyond what he's used to. Who knows? Could be Maxine's book now. <laughs> Only I would read that, probably. Me and Maxine's judgmental parents. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, looks like he's got a lot more to look forward to. It's going to be good as the race to issue 200 begins. Four more. Or five more. I think five more. that's going to be a good jumping off point for me. I'm just going to, yeah. Get out of here. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, literally get out. <laughs> Just gonna step off, man. I'm done with this ride. That yeah, was good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I recently got off a long running book. Oh yeah. I stopped reading Walking Dead. <gasps> yeah. The war arc. Oh my God! I, no, hold on, Jim. I'm tired. Of I'm this. sorry, I'm Jim. Did you not read the issue after the war arc? I did not. Actually, I haven't got through all the war arc. Okay. I'm still like only halfway. Through Let me it. tell you. You can still reading. quit. You, I give you permission to quit if you read the issue. You have to finish the war arc because otherwise the issue won't make any sense at all. Okay. Then read the one issue after the war arc, and if you're still not interested, then quit. Because okay. all I can I say, here's what's up. When I finished the war arc, I was like, oh, God, that's disappointing. And I was really bummed out. Should have known better. Kirkman knows how to deliver. The next issue flipped my wig off this planet. And with huh. that, thank you for listening to the Walking Dead cast. <laughs> I just kidding. Which there are probably more than one of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. You guys can talk Walking Dead. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you, and we'll see you again in a month. See you later. Well, a month. Someone's optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Take that as a challenge, Larson. The Savage Fincast is hosted by the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is proud to be members of the Comic Addiction family of podcasts and the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicaddiction.net and comicspodcast.com.